episode 130, Checkpoint Chat. As always, my name is Alessandro Barbosa and I'm joined by Matthew Figuera. Same, same host, different day. Same host, <laughs> different day. Don't sound so depressed by that. Uh, God, I, got, I, got, I was thinking of something profound and then I just brain farts. I'll go find you another host. Uh, God, this is Alessandro Lord. and Lupin the Cat. Meow. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> I'll Good get Lenska to co-host with me. God, oh, someone who appreciates fright. this podcast. Have such stage fright. No, she doesn't. She, she does. She, Lenska's someone who will talk your ear off in person. Mm. But I think she, if you put her, so like she's, she's been on stream before, that sort of thing. She gets a bit of stage fright. Yeah, she did, the, she did the Poggers dude thing on stream. Poggers she dude, can't, yeah. She can't be, she can't be scared. <laughs> she, she should be the new Poggers dude. I mean, dude. she she did say a speech at at your wedding so she can't be that she scared. did she yeah look she she didn't just say a speech at the wedding she serenaded me it was like a whole it's true it was a good speech sing uh, sing and dance i think about great. it i think about it every now and then i was like damn how did you put that together <laughs> yeah and i mean have you found i mean i i think it was um in part when i started doing video for critical hits eventually i mean when we went to e3 we always had to do like video interviews and stuff like that. But I'm like, mm-hmm. when it comes to like public speaking or social speaking, I have like no anxiety anymore. Like it, it just doesn't mm, exist um, anymore. And I used to yeah. hate it at school. Like speeches at school used to hate. Yeah, speeches at school, I was just say, but public speaking, I found, I mean, look, I think there's a difference between speaking to family and friends at a wedding and that's true talking at like a conference to a room full of people that's true although i don't know we we did do the we we hosted two nintendo things at comic-con and that mm. was like there was no stage fights was just no uh, exactly but it's know, like it's it like when i was when i was emceeing your wedding i didn't really prepare anything and i just <laughs> winged it and it seemed to go fine you just yellowed yeah there like was some there was some one or two on... moments where i was like hmm could have left that out <laughs> but it's okay it's fine we'll just roll with the punches you, you yeah did a we good rolled, job. rolled with the punch. but but it's like that like i think if i hadn't done any video stuff before and if you had been like do you want to MC the wedding i'd be like no no, no i'm too I'll no that's not my thing yeah so yeah it's good though podcasts good and being on video go- i mean there's I mean, nothing more embarrassing than walking into an interview and it's still to this day it, it feels off to me like because we were such like a skeleton crew at E3, yeah. um, it would be like you carrying the camera <laughs> and you've got the tripod and you're alone and you walk into this interview and the, the usually it's a developer, so they're like, don't really give a shit and they like, yeah. they're pretty chill. But every now and then it's like an executive from a publisher and they just like, they look at you and you're like setting up this camera no. and this tripod alone <laughs> and they're like, wow, this looks professional, doesn't no, it? And you just like... yeah. There are times when, so when I went to my first Gamescom, it was like me, Zoe and Jeff. And there were times where I would just accompany them to interviews. And it's like, I'm the cameraman, whatever. But that, I mean, that, that was three of us, right? Fast forward to other shows where it's just you and me and we have to split our time. Yo. You rock up like, hi, I'm the cameraman and the dude doing the interview. And I'm going <laughs> to do and all of everything. this all by myself. And sometimes we were sharing a tripod, so we had to like oh my God, find each other in the conference like, hey. center to swap the tripod. <laughs> I tell you, the, what, one of one of the most chill E3s I had was when um friend of the show, Greg, came with me and he was basically 
like he was the cameraman for the whole team but mm-hmm. he mostly stuck with me and like he does video production so he mm. knows his shit man like he was setting up a light and he was putting like little filters on there to make the 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 light look warm and set up the camera beautifully it was they were the best shot interviews ever and like the least stress i've ever had and i just loved every moment of it but My then God. you see some teams at like e3 and like they've got like a host mm-hmm. they've got the cameraman who's carrying a fucking huge camera like i've seen people there that look like they're on tv productions with the ca- and then like a guy <laughs> behind him who's got like he almost looks like he's padded for war. He's just got bags Jeez around his up. waist, just with cables and a boom arm. My and, goodness. And then someone with the light. So it's like this. And it's usually like just before I'm about to go in for an interview, I see a team like that, like four people come out of a room. Yeah. And here comes this like, little kid with a tripod hi. and a little DSLR. And they're I like, mean, hey, I'm going to record you. You're like, okay. I've told this story before, I'm sure. But the, the first Gamescom I went to, it was at the... I think it was a PlayStation conference. I know exactly like, what you're going to say. Like, I think it was like the last conference of the day. We finally got food. We're all tired, whatever. But then we like, we start, we're signing in, whatever, on the register. And then I can't remember what the lady said, but something along the lines of like, who's your camera person? <laughs> <laughs> and so and Jeff like, oh, yeah, Maddie's our camera person. She's like, okay, he can go in and set up so long. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, what, what does this mean? Like, I, I, we had no I mean you know how conferences are you don't we don't necessarily record them we just sit and like watch them and laugh yeah. to laugh yeah, exactly. whatever. so she's like no you can you can go in and like set up so long I'm like okay walk into the conference room everything there are these like full-on camera crews whatever like some have you know you've seen a tv set for example those fancy it's, ass it's looking like those, cameras one, those ones and, on like on like dolly wheels and everything and yeah. they, they rotate and yeah so there's, there's just a there's just a platform with all these video dudes just setting up their cameras and they've got these fancy ass gear. And then there's me, I'm like, hey, flood my tripod, my little DSLR, put on the biggest lens I can find in my bag. <laughs> Even if it's impractical, just I'm so like, it looks I'm a like real something. camera person too. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh God. That, yeah, that's I, I remember hearing that stories. story and it killed me. It, it absolutely yeah. killed me. It, it was just like, like you said, it was, you were never meant to be there because we don't record that. That's for people who record the, the thing and then like post it on their own channel uh, yeah, or streaming like, it live, you know, via that yeah, camera. I suppose it's, it's a thing of maybe it's a combination of say photography and video mm, or whatever, but mm. my, my setup, it is just, <laughs> I, I would love to have known what is going through those dudes heads. They're just like, like wow, this, this kid, this he's, he's trying, <laughs> he's trying. It's so that's so the thing. Cute. But then you think about it and you're like, I'm pretty sure no one gives a shit because they're so focused no, on like either, yeah. their stuff. Like they don't have time to to like worry about that. Like E3 and Gamescom are some of the most frantic like conferences I've ever been to. And yeah. people literally like I I've noticed I stopped doing it because I noticed that I hate I'd hate it if it happened to me, but the first few uh uh, conferences I went to if I saw someone I recognized like from another site in America or whatever I try like stop them and just say hi and yeah. then like I think it was maybe after the first or second year I was there I realized like wait they're just like me they rush they're probably running between mm. these fucking massive halls trying to get to appointments like the last thing they need is to be stopped every five meters for someone to say hi mm. so I just stopped doing it like um, unless you can see the person's like pretty chill or whatever chilled, yeah 
because man it's yeah it's frantic it's fun frantic like i miss it's it like time. i would love to yeah. go back to e3 but i personally don't see e3 happening this year either um if ever i highly <laughs> doubt it yeah and then yeah what happens to it will it ever happen again who knows don't know. i don't know Ma- this year maybe by june there could be some mm-hmm. sort of like low-key e3 but also some highly doubt it. it yeah i was i was meant to go uh last year i had plans already in place um yeah i i was like on the verge of booking tickets in march um taking leave and stuff and uh COVID hit and then there was i mean even before then there were there were rumors of e3 no being rumors, canned yeah. um so yeah what a time fun time i mean fun ces year was done remotely so which is weird yeah. i don't know how they do that because like ces is all like, about you actually can s- seeing yeah, yeah you can send a build of a game to a publication um but ces it's like how do you see new laptops and monitors if you can't really hold them or see them in person you know so mm. i don't know anyway um let's check one chat Lord. we talk about video games sometimes most well we've been talking sometimes. about video games I mean, in this preamble that's i don't know what you're talking about it's we not, too, talk bad. About not we too bad we literally spoke about e3 like what do you yeah mean? exactly that's that's mean? video games i mean to some people it's video games so. spoke about cameras and uh, e3 yeah it's a good time. fantastic um still it's still like a fairly quiet period in january um i know hitman 3 came out this week but i haven't given it a go yet um i wanna we we sadly didn't get review code Vi- io very very nice like one of the few mm-hmm. places where we got emailed back being like hey we can't supply you with code at we this don't time have code, yeah. like i don't mind that like if you're gonna reply mm. that's cool so props to or io's pr team i'm not entirely sure yeah. who it was anyway so we haven't played that but i might just buy it on on epic because it's like um it's really cheap there all of a sudden it's like 400 bucks oh wow don't know why that's that's like yeah but uh i've been i've been using the time i've been using the time to like clean up that backlog yeah i was i was ill this week um and but i wasn't the sort of like ill where i couldn't do anything i felt like so mm-hmm. I I decided I was going to play some some games, um, mm-hmm. and I ended up just polishing off some of the backlog, which included Resident Evil Seven. Finally, nice. Oh, I can't what a game! Finished it. Yeah, do you know I've played that opening about four times. I've <laughs> because I remember when it first came out, I played. I I thought about doing the whole thing in VR, so I played the yeah. I played the opening up uh, to yes, up to like that, the yeah. first end of Act One, like I played all in VR. Then mm-hmm. I fell off of it. Then I played. I decided to play it again on I think Xbox One X, because mm-hmm. um, I wanted to see like the HDR and whatever. Play that first act again, and oh then yeah. Goodness. So I think this was the third time me playing it because then I just did, never did you, play it from, did you play it from scratch again? Yeah, I couldn't remember to play it. Yeah. So I played the first act again. So I've killed Jack so many times in that opening. And the fact that I've played that opening so many times and it's still creepy, like mm. just shows how well crafted that game is to me. I think um, I think the opening, like going into the house as this new protagonist, Ethan Winters, and finding that videotape and then playing that like intro again mm. from the perspective of those other people and seeing the same you know the same rooms you've just gone through and then what happens to that camera crew they just get like horrifically yeah. murdered 
and then you like you come hmm. out of that video scene and you're like uh, uh okay yeah <laughs> so like that opening is so strong i think just, that first hour is like really really just, good just on that i like i like the the introduction how it's handled and that you're watching so like he pops in the vhs right mm. but you play through that area as if yes. that's what is recorded which is just so clever i like the i like those um those videotape sections a lot mm. uh there's a couple of them what's weird is that you can miss them um entirely yeah. uh like there's one near the end of the game where you playing as I think one of the surviving cameramen Clancy in one of um what's the son's name? Um the I can't remember the that guy. Name. But he, he that you, dude. You like put into to like it's almost it's like almost a feels like room. a yeah, a puzzle room, <laughs> like a, a saw death trap puzzle room. Yeah. And then you end up in that puzzle room as Ethan afterwards. Um Yeah. But if if you never played that tape before, like you won't know how to solve it. I mean, even the first time you I could, did that room, yeah. I didn't really, it took me a while to figure out how mm. to solve it. Um, but it's stuff like that. It gives you like context into the inner workings of the Baker mansion, uh, which is in a way, like it reminds me of resident evil of old. It's like this house with, yeah, it, I think at one point, Ethan Winters even goes like, who built this house? Because it's so yeah, ridiculous. It, it's weird. Yeah. Like it is so ridiculous. There's like secret passages and there's like, this whole like maze network underneath it, this like basement uh, mm. lab thing. And it's like, this is so this even ridiculous, but like it's Resident Evil. It's like the the uh, the mansion in the first game. So Yeah, but I love how, how tongue in cheek that is because it's them acknowledging like it's ridiculous. It is but. ridiculous. There's like <laughs> doors that are activated by like, making Funny, shadow puppets yeah. on the wall and and like, like how <laughs> a door locked with the weight of a shotgun and like it it's and and, do, mean, and doors locked with like keys that are shaped like dog heads like what the yeah, fuck i mean and, and that's been a staple for the longest time i mean in, yeah. in, at least in, re, in remake 2 it's funny because in the original uh, resident evil 2 there was a lot of random items it's like you have to take this gem and put it in the statue and then like this unlocks whereas in remake 2 they're like no the the police station is actually an old museum that was converted. <laughs> like, okay, at least you gave it some I kind of context. I love how they try and yeah. contextualize it. They're like, yeah, this was a weird-ass museum. It's okay. It just yeah, yeah. It's taken over. But I, I, yeah. I do like, like, there, there's certain things in 7 that, like you said, they recontextualize. Like, in Remake 2, you've still got the heart and, and club and diamond key doors. Yeah. You know what I mean? And here you've got doors, but it's like, this door has a crow, like... <laughs> like wow. hang it hung on it and this one's got a snake like nailed to it so it's like it fits into that weird creepy yeah. body horror type theme of it even though at the end of the day it's the same thing it's the same sort um, of thing yeah but yeah i just i really like the game um i do think it runs into the standard resident evil problem where it loses its fear factor the more you play um yeah i definitely think it's nowhere near as scary the the beginning is the scariest part and the most tense. Mm. Um, but once I, I think even by the time I got to Marguerite, who's uh, the mother of the Baker family, like I wasn't really that scared anymore. Um, and mm. I, f I found her section kind of short uh, compared to, to Jack Baker's one. Like I felt like I was fighting her like almost instantly. And I think, I think the sections that follow Jack's are much shorter. Yeah. Short. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I, I didn't mind, again, I think maybe the son's name is Jason. I don't know. 
the sun <laughs> jason his, his section was cool because it was different it was like it, it felt to me like i was in a a, a saw movie um yeah which is kind of cool. clever i enjoyed that puzzle room yeah that and then what comes after the ship is the ship is probably one of the strongest parts of the game i think it's like super creepy and very eerie and well what before we get to the ship what what decision did you make oh uh, before getting um, into the ship okay so i guess this is a spoiler for an old game by now but um you get a decision to save either mia winters who's your wife or Zoe, who, who, Zoe Baker. So just, just for context, that's who you actually like. That's why Ethan's there in the first yeah, place. Yeah, he's he's going to like rescue his his wife Mia. Yeah, um, who I thought listen. was part of the Baker family. I think yeah, it's it's weird. It comes across like that. Yeah, um, but yeah, but there's yeah, a reason Jade. for that. But yeah, yeah. But I I chose Mia because I was just like, why is this choice I, even I, a thing? I was just, like, <laughs> I don't I was understand. Like, who would choose Zoe? Because like the whole point of the game is you, Ethan there to to save your wife yeah imagine you get to you survive this all these horrors and you get to those crescendo moments and it's like you can only save one person and you look your wife and i'd say nah yeah i'm, I'm not, I'm not gonna take my wife i'm gonna take this woman who i've literally <laughs> just, I've met. just met yeah it's yeah a, like it's it's a weird i, I want to know what mia's voice line is they're like what the fuck or like you know <laughs> uh well i, I want to know what what actually is canon because oh, it's me i read up is on it, it yeah because okay. i was like uh, you know, after I played the section, I was like, how the hell would this work if I didn't choose Mia? And it yeah. turns out it very quickly... It ba- becomes the same situation Basically, if you take Zoe, anyway. Zoe dies and Mia just comes to the ship anyway. Yeah. So it's like, like, okay, okay, might as well not have given me the choice then. Um, yeah. But yeah, ca- canonically, yeah, great. canonically um, you take Mia and also in one of the DLCs, you save Zoe. So oh, okay. yeah, that's just a thing um but yeah the ship the ship is really cool and it i think the the final i wouldn't say it's a twist but the final revelation that the story i mean this is resident evil so this the story is like campy bullshit it's some Um, bullshit yeah but i found that the final reveal like there's there's a clue you find at the beginning of the game that you look at it and you're like i have no idea what this is referencing and it takes the whole game for it to make sense and i thought that was so smart like yeah, not not only that. You they, find they are, this thing and you see the text on it, and you're like, "Oh, I get it now!" <laughs> like it just, it. I thought it was such a cool moment. Yeah. But not not only that, there, there are moments throughout the game where you, I suppose you you just see a character or a thing, and then it all dawns, and you're like, "Oh, oh my god!" <laughs> it's I can't I, believe this. I think it's it's. I mean, considering it comes after probably one of the weakest parts of the game the the mine section when you're working your oh, yeah, way the back are... the mine is terrible yeah. i yeah. think it's just they throw so many enemies at you and it just turns into a shooter and i think it's bad yeah. um but after that yeah i think i also think the boss fights are kind of like i didn't like them put it that way um, yeah i think i think those games the Jack boss Baker fight can be, sucked. I really didn't like that fight. Yeah, but boss fights really can be hit or miss. I mean, mm. I don't know. I think like Resident Evil Remake 2, I think had some good boss fights. Did it have um, boss fights? Yeah, I think about uh, when the you... the end, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, those no, are no, pretty there, cool. There, there were a couple. Like even the first time you fight William Birkin, the, the uh, dude who's like right. stalking around the room with the metal pipe. Yes. Like that is pretty tense, you know, because it's like, oh my God, I've got to shoot this the, dude in the eye while running away. Those fights are a lot better. 
Yeah, but, but there are some it's like uh, there were like, one or two in seven that were similar to that uh where you're fighting yeah. like an amorphous blob of like flesh which yeah i was like yeah this isn't evil um mm. but some of them just yeah like the jack fight was in like this really small area and it's all melee focused and i think the first person melee stuff is not there yet you know what i mean um yeah so not a huge fan of that but I think Resident Evil 7, like most people said at the time, is a real return to form for the franchise. It's proper spooky. It's It takes the series in a new direction. And I I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I thoroughly... And it's like... It was a great palate cleanse. It was like seven to eight hours for the campaign. Yeah, it's super short. Well, not like, short, cool. but it's yeah. not, not a long game. But I think it's so weird because it is this... This like super big departure from what you know because like ethan winters and the baker family are these are people you you don't know you've and never met them before and and fear and then yeah. first person but then it's still they they 100 go back to the roots and like no this is classic resident evil it's such mm. a they ground I don't know, it, yeah. it really it really just revitalized that franchise because it came after six which was like i i'll, I'll confess like i have a a very soft spot for six like i acknowledge it's bad six but it's bad. not a resident evil game it's, it's like so it's bad. just a it's just an action game yeah it's okay. an action movie it's like it's um, like die hard four it's yeah it's really just pure action movie but then resident evil 7 really came and like i don't know capcom put themselves back on the map because since then like i know they've remade two and three and three is like it got mixed reviews but i, I enjoyed both a of lot. them yeah i, I really enjoyed both of them and this just sets the stage. Your, your time is really good because we'll get to the news, but Resident Evil Village, we're, we're going to call it 8 because it is 8. So I don't care what they say. Um, that got a release date and mm. a new trailer and a new demo. So you've, you've That's, really set yourself up. It's part of the up. reason why I wanted to return to this now. I was like, Village is coming out and Village looks awesome. I need to know yeah. because it also stars Ethan Winters. So I need to know, yeah. like, why is he getting involved in this shit again? Yeah, so, so spoilers, if you haven't played Resident Evil 7, just avert your ears or eyes for the next minute. But so like I mentioned earlier, Resident Evil 7, you don't know where in the universe it takes place. Like it's complete departure. It's mm. not Raccoon City. It almost feels it's like a any... standalone thing. Yeah, and for all intents and purposes, you're like, is this a reboot? Like, what is this? Well, you see then... mentions, like you find uh, news, newspaper oh, yeah, things yeah. being like, no. The Raccoon City incident from 14 years ago. And you're like, oh, No, but I, I okay. mean, initially, when, when, when we saw the trailers and stuff, I was like, uh, where does this take place yeah, in yeah, the, yeah. the universe? But then at the end of the game, spoiler, you see Chris Redfield, who's a staple in Resident Evil's. I mean, he's been through Big many of boy. them. And he's got a prominent role in Resident Evil Village. So I'm quite yeah. curious to see where they take the story and not, also not like the Evil stories exists. are great or anything no, no <laughs> i mean i mean curious. they they you know they they campy and they make such ridiculous like i mean by now there's so many different types of viruses that it's just like it's so difficult to like keep up with it and like village has got vampires and werewolves so you know you that, like, they're hmm. having fun with it like i yeah. i can appreciate it when they're aware that it's campy um yeah and but they're still you know I don't go to Resident Evil for strong characters or whatever. I go there for like spooky times and ridiculous nonsense pharmaceutical bullshit. So, well, if you if you are coming to Resident Evil for strong characters, let me tell you, Chris Redfield, <laughs> that dude is roided up. In Resident <laughs> Evil Five, he how, punches a boulder to kill the final much boss. Bigger can this dude get? Because every game we see him, he's just he's so thick. Even more, he's just huge. Yeah, more and more thick. <laughs> 
Even even when he appears in seven, I'm like, Jesus, Chris. D- exactly. Like, what have you been doing? Well, you you were the only person in that helicopter because there's no way they could support no- the weight of anyone else's muscles after that. He's such a big lad. Lord. Oh, what a unit. Yeah. Um, it's good though. But yeah, it's good. I, pl- I'm, I'm I played glad, his DLC. His DLC was kind mm. of okay. It was like an hour okay. long. It was, it was fun. Um, nice. But yeah, seven is real good. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I yeah, I I kind of want to play it like again to see if I can get a faster time. You know, like sort of like I mean, you, I played you could, three yeah. and then I played three immediately after that and finished it in like three hours. And I was like, damn, yeah, you can great. really fly through these things if you if you know the codes to things and know what to do. It's it's real mm. satisfying. And there's stuff I didn't get to see. Like I I managed to. You, at the beginning, you use a broken shotgun to retrieve a working shotgun from the statue. Mm. But much later on in the game, you come across a wooden shotgun, which you can then oh. replace on that statue to get the broken shotgun and then use a repair kit on uh, the broken shotgun. Yeah. But I used the repair kit on the broken pistol I found. So I was like, okay. I want to see what that shotgun looks like repaired. And also I found yeah. a toy tomahawk. So I was like... Oh. Is there another melee weapon that I can find somewhere that I just yeah. never came across? So there's like secrets mm. in that game. Uh, yeah. that, and I never found all the antique coins. I thought that was a cool thing. Instead of having a merchant, they used collectibles as a way to like mm. unlock um, um, upgrades in the game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I never got the like super, super pistol, but I didn't really care about that. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah, a good game. Great game. Enjoy it. Very good game. Excited for eight. Uh and then since then, I've started a playthrough of Dishonored 2, another game which I started oh and then put down. I I like Dishonored. Like, I played the first one, and I really liked it, and I feel the same as the second one. I'm playing as Emily Caldwin, who's the... the I mean, again, it gives you a choice to play as Corvo or Emily, and I'm like, why would I choose to play as the same character from the first one when there's this other character with new powers that I could try out, yeah. you know? Anyway, I and I like I like the feeling of the game. I like being a stealthy assassin that can like teleport from one end of a room to another and like use magic to do weird things to enemies and use a cross it 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 scratches that itch of like supernatural stealth for me that I was maybe cool. expecting from like Cyberpunk. I wanted to be a stealthy ninja there and I wasn't getting mm. that there. But I also feel like the game, I don't know. I'm trying to do this thing where I play stealth games and like roll with the punches. Like if I fuck up, don't immediately just load a save. No, just go with it. Yeah. yeah. But like, I feel like Dishonored doesn't really want me to do that because in some levels when I get found, there's suddenly so many enemies on me that I just die instantly anyway. Like it's very hard for me to escape or like the combat doesn't really, I, I feel like the combat isn't super great. So it's a bit like abrasive from that sense, but Man, yeah. the level design is something else. It's it's a good time. I don't know if you've seen anything on Dishonored Two. I've, I've I don't th- I don't know if I've seen myself, but I think I'm, I've read on the first level that um or the first mission is it the mansion or oh that's actually the fourth one, but that's the one I want to talk about. Yeah, the Clockwork okay. Mansion. It's yeah, I've read about it. It's yeah, unbelievable. It's like it's like this this house that when you hit certain switches, it completely changes its it's uh like makeup so oh, wow. a a living room can be moved back into like the 
the recesses of the house so that it's hidden or something like that. And you can, mm. you can find ways to get behind the walls of the house. And basically it's almost, it almost feels like you're breaking the level. If you think of a, like think of a level in a game and think about going out of bounds on that level and finding roots behind it. This is like a level built with that in mind. It's like expecting you to go out of yeah, bounds. Yeah, so it wants you to like break the game. Exactly. It's, and you find notes on like, oh, like like the creator of the house will be like, please remember not to flip the switch when anyone is in the waiting room because if you do that, the waiting room goes down to like the science center at the bottom. And you're like, oh, I need to get there and I want to get there undetected. So let me use that to my advantage, you know? Yeah. Stuff like that. It is... It's one of the most inventive levels of anything I've played in a very long That's time. Cool. It's it's well worth. I, I feel like Dishonored Two is worth playing just to experience that because it's it's totally awesome. It's really cool. So I'm enjoying it still. I'll probably finish it this weekend. It's uh, the world building in the game is really nice. I think it's got this really cool mix of like steampunky and arcane occultish stuff, which is like really cool. And it works with the game's uh, really, really nice like color palette and just overall look. It's very stylized and accentuated. Yeah, it's, um, got, a, it's got like, I mean, so my, I've never played Dishonored 2, but I, I played Dishonored 1. And it's mm. something about the style. I can't put my finger on it. Like, how would you describe yeah, it? Yeah, the, the characters almost look like caricatures. It's Yeah. It's very, like, you look at people's faces and they're very exaggerated. Um mm. And lots of bold, like, black lines everywhere. I What I like about 2 is, like, the first one had established the style that was very, like, cool. It was very machine and very steampunky, uh, like, almost like Victorian England as well. Uh, yeah. But the second one takes you to an island that's just off the coast of Dunwall, and it feels a bit more... Hmm. It feels almost like Middle Eastern in a way, like, almost like a tropical Middle Eastern vibe. So there's like so much more color, like there's lots of reds and like sandy, sandy, like uh, uh, oranges and stuff all around. So it feels very different to Dunwall, which is cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it sets itself apart. Yeah. So I like that a lot. I think it's a, if you've played the first one, I seriously recommend you play this one. It's, I, it's good. I never finished the first one. It's it's such a weird thing. Of, for some reason, I, I can't, I can't tell you why. I was very excited for Dishonored. It's like one of the few games I actually bought on release. Mm. Um, 100% bought into the hype train. And I don't know. I just fell off it. I played a few hours like, it's cool. And I just never, never went did back it. to it. I, I yeah. mean, the first I loved the first one and I loved the DLC for the first one as well. Um, and apparently the DLC for two is also really good. Death of an Outsider. Yeah. Death of the Outsider. So, yeah, I'm like, I'm like keen to... I have no idea if... Dishonored will ever get another game because as far as I know they didn't sell super well which is sad because Immersive Sims weird, like yeah. it like really I really like you know Immersive Sims but and no no sorry mm, go first. no but like Arcane is still doing their thing like Deathloop is coming out in May mm. and that like looks like it's taking a lot of lessons from Dishonored in terms of level design and stuff so I'm yeah. super into that I, I think Dishonored is one of those things that they might revisit in like in the future because I know it didn't sell maybe as well as it should have mm. um, but that game 
does have a cult following and like an appreciation of what it is. So especially from a critical standpoint, it's like it got reviewed yeah. so highly. Um I think it won in the year, it won IGN's game of the year, Dishonored Two. Really? Yeah. Sure. Like they, they how, loved how old it. is it now? So it's quite old. Um, it came out I think twenty seventeen, somewhere around okay, it's there. Not that yeah, it's not that old. old. Okay. Yeah. It's um it's good. I, I wish the uh I wish the frame rate was a bit better on consoles, 30 frames per second, which, yeah, yeah but it's fine. Uh, I got, I think it was just a bit jarring because it came from Resident Evil, which is 60. <laughs> and then immediately my eyes are I like, mean, what is this? That that Resident Evil engine is just it's, real good. It's so, unreal. It's really yeah. something else. Um, but yeah, it's cool. I, I'm enjoying playing that and I'm enjoying having time to visit my backlog. To get which to is your, nice. your backlog, yeah. yeah. Speaking of backlogs. I mean... I suppose I've I've been in the same boat where I'm just plying through. It's it's funny. I'm not I'm not playing games I haven't played necessarily. Yeah. I've just been uh, racking up some some platinums. <laughs> oh yeah, I saw you. I mean, you've managed so yeah, like, like I've got, I got five platinums this month. Like through through this weird combination of like I wanted platinum that game and huh, like I'm so close to platinuming that I might as well just go for it. So. Yeah. Just to recap, I got the Platinum on Astro's Playroom, which is not a long Platinum to get anyway. Um, Spider-Man 4, oh, sorry, Marvel Spider-Man on the PS4, the original new new Spider-Man franchise, whatever you want to call it. I got every single trophy, nice. except for the one where you have to clear up every district. And I just could not bring myself to play that game because I was like, it's going to be like two to three hours of me swinging, swinging around, around yeah. doing that. And... It was really frustrating because playing that game, I knew that I'd go for the platinum because I'd heard people like you and others say, like, it's not a hard platinum. It's really just about, you know, finishing everything the game has to offer. So I, like, was very aware and conscious of any time I've got some downtime between missions, I'm going to just do crimes and stuff. But by the time I rolled credits, I still had so much to do. I was like, oh, whatever. So eventually one one Friday evening or Saturday evening, I was like, I'm just going to do it get it like tick it off whatever so got that platinum uh the miles morales platinum i replayed that game from beginning to end on new game plus because that is the long trophy well no, not the long trophy it's like one of the the one trophy that requires an actual time investment i guess because you have to replay the game but that's not even a bad thing because miles morales is just a fantastic spider-man game mm. but when you cut out all the side bullshit you realize how short that game actually yeah, is yeah it's wild it's like heck? i finished it in I don't know, if I were to thumbsuck like four to six hours, yeah, I'd say. Yeah. It's like super, super short. If you just mainline the still... story missions, yeah, it's quite short. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it's it's a really good game. Like I I'm glad I played it again and I, I enjoyed it the second time around. And mm. I noticed just little bits and pieces that I missed the first time. Like I posted a clip of I was just swinging around the city and I landed on a roof and there were just three people having a snowball fight. Uh, I saw like, that. That was pretty a, cool. Yeah. Such a cool little touch. Like, yeah, you can completely miss it. Did you did you um, notice, I found when I played the story a second time, I noticed far more like foreshadowing hints that I missed yeah. the first time around. A lot. I was like, oh my, how did I miss this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, it's not on the nose, but I was yeah, like, oh, I appreciate the, the setup they went through here. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And then after much deliberation and lots and lots of not playing Celeste, I finally got Celeste on sale Hell last yeah. year because 
I mean, everyone knows I've been saying I want to replay Celeste on PlayStation. No, I, d- so I, I don't think anyone it. knows that you love Celeste. Hey, no one no, knows. No, no one I don't knows. think so. Um, but then I think you put, put me onto it or someone put me onto that. Hey, Celeste is actually mm. on sale. Yeah, I, so I, I mentioned it because I know you were always looking for it on sale. And then, yeah, so I, I started it last week and I platinumed it this week. Damn. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to spend too much time talking about the game, but I have such a love for that that game and i understand why it doesn't click with some people but if you are a platforming fan uh, it's just it's like it's a near perfect game like there's very little i can criticize on it Mm. and playing it again from beginning to end was a lot of fun because i've played it plenty on switch and my platinum is a lot quicker than my first like i 100 percented it on switch i did everything Mm -hmm. i could do all the all the levels all the strawberries everything and that took me, I'd say, like 25 hours, 25 to 28 hours. Playing it on PlayStation now, getting the Platinum took me like 13, oh, 14 wow. hours, if that. And I, I was honestly amazed because I planned planned out, well, how long am I going to uh, play Celeste for? Because it's going to you know, it's gonna take me three to five streams, whatever it is. I, I guess like maybe 15 to 20 hours. And I was honestly floored by how B-sides and C-sides, which are levels that I spent a long time figuring figuring out how to do mm. like they weren't simple but i got through them way quicker than i thought i would because yeah, they they're like, not just like reflexes they're like sometimes you look at it and you're like i don't know how to do yeah, this it's, yeah it's, it's celeste is like a combination of reflexes and skill and platforming and figuring out how to get through a room mm. so it's a thing of i knew how to get i mean i remembered how to get through 95 percent of the rooms and it's just about executing it and because i played the game so much like the muscle memory was there. Did you so, did you play through? I guess to to cut down on time, you you grabbed all the tapes and the strawberries on your first run through the story. I, I so what I did, uh, I did that off stream just because, like, I played it. So I got almost everything. Mm-hmm. Well, I got like a fair bit of um, strawberries, most of the the tapes, and then just off stream, I quickly just grabbed whatever I missed, and then on my next stream, I just did B sides and C sides, just straight up uh through those levels okay okay because now, um, now you're tempting me because i i never finished the the b-sides on switch i fell off of it eventually um yeah but i did all the strawberries and all the tapes mm. but now did you play with the ps5 That's controller a, i played with my ps4 controller i uh, <laughs> couldn't subject my my ps5 controller to yeah, that because that, that d-pad your it's well that game's can, I, can i tell you use. when 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 I played it on Switch, I hundred percent stuck with the the analog. So I didn't even use the D pad. Um, and on PlayStation, I used the D pad because I just could not come to grips with the analog. It's a lot better. I my, I literally modded my Switch for this game. Like, <laughs> it's the only reason I did that mod. The the, the D pad, yeah. It's it's. I think you were telling me like the D pad's the way to yeah. go. And I was like, no, like the analog's fine. Like I got it down, but. On PlayStation, it was such a weird thing of there were some jumps I was doing. I'm like, why am I even? I'm almost going like the opposite direction. Like, what the hell is no, going on? Especially here? with that mechanic Whereas, where you're in that bubble and sometimes you need to go exactly horizontally or exactly vertically. Like, yeah. the analog stick is like, so not okay. So, I, I, I just, through playing, I just naturally transitioned to the D pad and I use that for 95% of my, my actual platinum. So, nice. Yeah, that's that's Celeste, and, and what is my other? Oh, play, I got the Bloodborne Platinum. So that's five Platinums. So two. I got this month. Wait, two Spider-Man, Celeste, Bloodborne, Astro's and Playroom. Astro's Playroom. That's the one. That's it. Yeah, and it's just funny because before that, I only had 
four Platinums. I had Platinum Final Fantasy XV, Horizon Zero Dawn, God of War, and what is the fourth oh, I haven't done one? God of War yet. I just, I can't bring myself mm. to go back and get all those dumb birds. Oh, God. Of, okay, so that is the damage trophy. It's the, the most painful one. God. But fighting the Valkyries in God oh, of War. Oh, I never did that, that either. My goodness. That is... They're so hard. Is, Holy shit. They are, but I mean, if you treat them like a Bloodborne boss, if you just keep at it, it's almost like it becomes, not trivial, but by the, so there's about seven or eight to beat, mm. and they all have their own different like flavors, but for the most part, they're all very similar. Mm-hmm. So once you figure out a few of them, the rest become trivial almost. Maybe I'll go back but, yeah, to that game. Again, yeah, that, that, that's a game I've also been, the back of my mind thinking like, mm, I'd love to replay that. Not not do a whole platinum run, yeah. but like just play through that, it again. That's a game that deserves a, a sort of like Ghost of Tsushima patch where I can run the high resolution mode oh at 60. Because, yeah. man, I really want to see that smooth. Yeah. You know what I mean? I I yeah. still, I mean, I still don't think that sequel's coming out this year. I know they said it is, but I, I, don't I just think don't. So. I, I really don't see that happening. I don't see that and Horizon coming out this year. One of them will not. Like, it just, it, there's I no think, way. I almost think both of them won't. Like, I know Sony needs a big mm. game this year, but it, I'm not... I think Horizon will. Hor- Horizon's, Horizon's more likely to release. Yeah. Like, I acknowledge that, but I don't know how far along in development that is because we've only seen the cinematic, right? Mm. Um, and that was only shown last year, but I mean, maybe they close enough that they can release it in october i think i think what makes me think it's coming out is they've already said that's also coming out for ps4 still as well like yeah whereas god of war they haven't said yeah i mean they cannot release a an exclusive in 2022 that is also on ps4 i don't i just don't that's that's yeah i don't don't see that as plausible um i mean the fact that it is still coming to ps4 like yes it's good it's against what sony was saying last year but it's also like at the same time, I would love to see an horizon that just takes full use of the PS5 um, yeah. in, in the same way that Demon Souls took full use of the PS5. Um, yeah. That said, oh, Miles Morales was on PS4 and that thing on PS5 looked fucking awesome. So uh, Yeah, th- I mean, playing that on PS5, there were things that happened in the game. I'm like, how does this work on PS4? Yeah, like, I'd love to know. That, that, that bridge segment, I mean... It's Jeez, funny because you yeah. forget that the PS4 is actually a powerful machine. It is. It's the same. Mm. It's the same way I feel when I see something on PS3 or PS2. I'm like, wow, how did they do that? Yeah. And it's like, no, but it kind of made sense on that. Although I say that, and then I remember that God of War 2 was on PS2, and I'm like, no. And, that, it, and it came out game, like after the PS3 that, came out. Yeah. That that game and even the PS3 God of War I was like this this should not be possible. The PS3 God like, of War was like of those... one of the first like holy shit moments I had in gaming. Yeah, like... but but even so, I, I saw the PS3 God of War and I was like, oh my god, that opening sequence of you're on Titan's back, you're busy scaling Olympus. Yeah, and just the scale is like I don't know, like this is how did they I top this? Gaming's yeah. come. And then I went back and I played God of War 2. It was like a remaster or whatever for the PS3. And even then, that opening level, I was like, how do they do this on it's PS2? It's mental, right? Like I, yeah. So it's the same way. I, the reason I say that's like, we forget that the PS4 is very capable. So like that that one bridge section in Miles Morales where you you honestly switching between like cutscene and playing. I'm like, oh, it's gorgeous. It's, it's so beautiful. Really cool. Yeah. But it's possible on PS4. It might not look as nice, but 100% it's doable. Um, yeah, I don't know. This this year, I'm quite curious to see what games come out because for the most part, it still seems pretty 
Mm. But I mean, we're in January, so... Yeah, but I mean, even these... uh, Normally, Jan to March used to be this, like, de facto christmas almost all the games that were yeah pushed there out. Were all these games launching but like i think we we got such packed console launches especially on sony's side like they put out a lot of exclusives at launch um mm. you know so from their perspective i guess you know they don't have anything right now although in march returnal is coming out that um yeah house mark roguelike with road roguelite which looks fun um but yeah it's, it's on- definitely a more chill start to the year, which I don't mind. Like, like I, I said, mind, I'm getting. Yeah. I mean, it's backlog, giving us so. time to catch up. So before before we move on to game releases, I will just say that I had nothing to play on Switch because I still need to talk about Spirit Pharaoh. Mm. Um, I won't do it on this episode because I want to give that game the justice it deserves. Like, I want to talk about it properly. Mm. Uh, I will just say that I finished it. I played it for thirty hours or so, a lot longer than I thought it would be. And that game is like if I'd finished it uh, last year, I'm, I don't know where it would have been in my top ten list, but it, it would have definitely placed very highly. Like that that game left such an impression on me, and I would highly recommend. I need like, to get back to it. Yeah. it. It's so easy to pick up. It's so wholesome, and it's like this clever combination of it's like wholesome content, but it'll still like pull on your heartstrings in ways you'll never expect. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'll talk about that more in due course. But <laughs> So finished that game and I'm like, I don't, it's, I'm in this weird place where I don't actually have anything to play on my Switch. So I dug into my backlog drawer and I pulled out my copy of Astral Chain. Ooh, <laughs> which, good game. Which I've never, which I've never played. Good yeah. So game. I was like, huh, let me, let me give that a bash. I've only played about an hour. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward it is to, ridiculous, to diving that game. into that I, game. Have you, have you met the copy uh, dresses as a dog yet? No. Oh God. Oh, wait, wait. I, I've seen, I've seen the dog. Outfit the mascot. In yeah. The, in the closet it's ridiculous <laughs> it's so good what what i will say is that it's so i've only played like the opening hour maybe an hour and a half um and already it's it's an interesting um the game's got interesting mechanics in that you you're playing as a cop basically um and you have a buddy called a legion i think it yeah. is yeah yeah it's like and a niche it's basically spirit like almost. a like a creature from another realm or dimension and it's chained to you uh, astral chain and you use you use this legion to help you in combat and it's just interesting in that it's not a traditional like games like this i think of bayonetta or devil may cry where it's the thing of you've got to dodge you've got lots of enemies you gotta you know you get graded at the end of each fight Mm. but it's it's different in that you've got this other character to control Mm. like not explicitly, but you have to control your legion, you know, send it out, call it back in, use it to wrap around enemies, to chain them, that sort of thing. So it's an interesting game that I'm still wrapping my head around, but yeah, I'm looking forward it's a, to it. It's a cool mechanic because you're essentially like controlling two people at once in a fight. It's, yeah, I, I thought yeah. it was pretty cool. I uh, mm. I do think it gets a bit repetitive at times, but I I thought the concept was cool and I really love the visual style. I think it's a... The, the, can I just say I think this is one of the best looking Switch yeah, games. Yeah, it's like, really pretty. It's yeah. it's this weird. It's almost like cell yeah. shaded, but not. It's like a very quite. neon cell shading. Yeah. Yeah, and and it runs really well on Switch. Mm. It's super smooth, and I don't know. There are parts in that game where there's there's just water on the floor and it's reflecting. I'm like, damn, this almost looks like ray tracing, it's hot. but it's not. It's <laughs> so hot. Yeah. No, it's a it's a yeah. it's a fun game. It's. It's like I said, it's ridiculous and stupid, but I had a lot of fun with that game. Um, mm. 
Yeah, I enjoyed it. I'm glad you're getting to that. I actually thought um, when you were talking about backlog on Switch, I was like, oh, this is the perfect time for you to start Fire Emblem. As um, <gasps> good good pal Frank yeah. from Nintendo keeps egging us on to do. Like, listen, oh I want to play Fire Emblem, but I know it's... I mean, I know so long. My, my reviews editor at GameSpot, Callie Plague, she loves Fire Emblem. And mm. I think she's like poured... I think her first playthrough is like over 100 hours. So I'm like... I'm trying to play Holy smaller hell. games yeah. for now before I commit to something like that because holy yeah. shit, that's a lot of time. But I do want to play yeah. it. It looks like my my vibe, my jam, you know. Yeah. And uh, Darren, before Darren also loves Fire Darren and Jeff. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a good time. But that's that's all we've been playing this week. Lots of games. Lots of games. Should we get to lots game games, releases, yeah. which I don't think has much game more releases. this week? let's get to it anyway so we're looking at game releases oh there is a big game this week uh we're looking at releases from today the 23rd of june uh, june january to the 29th mm -hmm. uh so we've got like six seven games here yeah damn uh so we've got encodia not sure that is coming to PC. Encodia. Yeah. In in let's check what this is. Encodia. <laughs> Encodia. Oh. Oh, I have seen this. It's like a point and click with like a visual style of like Studio Ghibli. Encodia. Okay, yeah. Okay. Looks kinda looks kinda cute. Although the 3D models nice. look kind of weird. Oof. Um, okay, so that's okay. coming to PC on January 26th. Then we've got King Arthur, Knight's Tale, Steam Early Access on PC, January 26th as well. Mm -hmm. Got a game called Cyber Shadow coming to basically all platforms on um, January 26th. Let me see what that okay. is. I think anything with cyber in the name right now is a bit taboo. That's so... <laughs> cyber Shadow. The world cyber has been Shadow. taken over by... What? Amazing. By the evil Dr. Progen. Oh, not Pigeon. I know. Oh, I know what this is. This is the game being published by Yacht Club, the the makers of oh, um, the Shovel Knight. Shovel Knight. Okay. Yeah, so this is like a NES. Oh, fuck. This looks... I forgot this was coming. Okay, I'm stoked for this. Yeah, I'm down. What's it called? Uh, Cyber Shadow. Hmm. So it's like a, a, like a <laughs> SNES, you know, 2D, like sort of like Shovel Knight. Um mm. Fuck, I forgot this was coming. Okay, I'm stoked for that. Yeah, Cyber Shadow looks awesome. Uh, then the big game for the week, uh, The Medium, coming to PC and Xbox Series X and S. Oh my God, that's this week. Yep. Bloober Team, Shit. makers of Observer and Blair Witch and all other horror things. M the Medium looks really cool. I'm, it looks good, I'm kind of yeah. keen, keen on it. So yeah, I'm down, down for that. Um then we've got Disjunction coming to PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch on January 28th. And then mm -hmm. Turrican Flashback, PC, oh, no, PS4 and Switch on January 29th. No idea what that is. Go down. So, yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, that's it for for January. February, February's got some bangers, you know, you've got Super Mario 3D World, you've got Persona 5 Strikers... Mm. Uh, you got that weird destruction all stars thing coming to PS5. So yeah, some Oh yeah, that, that that's exclusive. Yeah, <laughs> some, some banger. They say that that PS5 exclusive Kenner Bridge of Spirits, that um very Zelda looking yeah. thing. It it says it's coming out in March, but we haven't even seen gameplay of that, so I highly doubt uh, that. I 
think that might be dated. I think that's only coming out either end of this year or yeah, next year. Yeah, that, that I do not see that coming out then. Put it that For a way. while, yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's that's getting ahead of ourselves. That's game. That's game releases. Yeah, that's game releases. Um, should get to games gaming news. news. Man, a lot happened yesterday in games news. Good um, lord. What should we start with? What happened uh, yesterday? Okay, hmm. let me start with the news that really made me sad. Um, yeah. Vicarious Visions. The developers of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2, the remake. They also did the Crash Insanity Trilogy, not Crash 4, like I tweeted. I made a mistake. Um, oh, who did Crash 4 A Toys for Bob, who also did the Spyro remake and... Okay. And I think Crash Team Racing... Or Vicarious to Crash Team Racing, one of the two. They were bouncing between remakes, the two studios. Um, but yeah, so Vicarious Visions, really good studio. They literally brought back like Crash and Tony Hawk. I mean, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 was amazing last year. Like, it was good, yeah. Uh, and everyone thought, okay, cool. Then, you know, and it was very successful. So obviously they're going to remake others. Uh, they're going to do something else, yeah. Not not to be, because Vicarious Visions has now been folded into Blizzard. So the studio no longer exists. Activision decided to just take that team and plop them into the Blizzard team. And that really fucking sucks. Because like, yeah, Blizzard's making World of Warcraft and Overwatch 2. But I feel like Blizzard's like mark of quality is not what it used to be. No, I I I don't feel like I get hyped for a Blizzard game like I used to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Uh, and I just think Vicarious could do a lot more than just being lumped with Blizzard. So yeah, really bleak. I, I don't I don't understand the the decision to do that though because like you've said, Vicarious Visions like it's not like it's a studio that's failing. No, like, oh, not no, at we all. We need to we need to merge this with Blizzard or like Blizzard needs support. Like Vicarious, oh, they're not doing anything big at the moment, and it's like this big two hundred person team. Let's just you know integrate them. Yeah, it's like I, I looked at some of the sales numbers yesterday, and it was the Crash Insane trilogy. I think I, I, I could be wrong, but it went on to sell something like eight million copies. Yeah, that Insane trilogy which was is like, crazy good. Yeah. Which is like crazy numbers if you think. I mean some of the biggest games don't even hit like that mark, you know, like even critically received games, whatever, not all of them hit the 8 million mark, mm. you know? Mm. And then even Tony Hawk's, I think that Tony Hawk, Tony Hawk it, sold like it sold, crazy. Yeah. It sold a million copies in the first two weeks, Yeah, which again is like no, nothing to scoff at. That's like incredible. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know. I just, I just don't understand the, the thought process of like, it's not a thing of the studio, like I said earlier, the studios, I don't know, failing or Blizzard needs support, like let's integrate them. It's like, no, they were actually doing some good shit. Exactly. Like they are making Activision money. Like I, I presume they're profitable. Where, like where, I don't understand. Yeah. I just don't get it. And yeah, it's, it's it, weird. It's, I mean, the report says that they've been working with Blizzard for a while, but that, and that's fine. I just don't understand the reason to like completely nuke them. Like, yeah I, I don't get it yeah, either um but activision does this i mean they've got these tempo franchises and they've taken studio i mean you if you look at the um the credits on on a call of duty it's got like raven software um it's got high moon studios it's got the core developer which would be treyarch or whatever so like even call of duty cold war the campaign was developed by raven and the rest was developed by treyarch like yeah you know they have so many studios but raven and treyarch are still separate studios they haven't been folded into one another so you know raven could go on to make something else if they really wanted to yeah. um or if you know i guess if activision let them 
but you know they're not just it's it's not just like yeah uh raven is now just treyarch as well i i just don't i don't get it i activision really confuses me at this time like they are all very money focused and again like they've got these franchises that people love like call of duty sells like crazy every year but yeah i don't they used to have so many more games going for them and now with this i just don't see them pursuing i don't see them pursuing crash anymore i don't see them pursuing tony hawk anymore so like we had this period of resurgence and now it's just back to call of duty and blizzard shit so Although, look, uh, I mean, they, they didn't make Crash 4, right? They, well, Toys for so Bob like, made Crash 4, but I don't see Activision pursuing Crash 4 now if they just nuked one of the supports, well, the studio that would have likely made another entry as well. Uh, I don't know. It's it's so weird. And what makes me sad, so I've just seen in this article that Vicarious Visions was founded in 1990. Yeah. It's, it's like an it's old a studio, old yeah. studio that's just been... They're the studio responsible for Skylanders, <laughs> like one of the most profitable yeah. things like Activision <laughs> ever did. They deserve so oh much more gosh. than this. Like, uh, yeah, very sad, no, no. very sad news. And just out of nowhere as well. I just find it, it so was, weird. Yeah, completely left yeah. field. So, yeah, that was, sure, that was that's, one that's thing. sad news for the day. Yeah, and then, then there was weird news with, uh, with Microsoft, which uh, got an update this morning, of all things. So, oh, the Xbox Live Gold. Yeah, so Microsoft announced a huge price hike uh, for Xbox Live Gold. They, they kind of buried the lead. They were like... Yeah, you'll pay $1 a month more for the one-month subscription and $5 a month more for the three-month. And uh, also, we've made the six-month subscription the same as the year subscription. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, suddenly, 12 months used to be $60 and now six months is $60 for gold. And that was like, whoa, what the fuck are you doing? Um, You know, I guess this is part of their, their, their push to, like, be like, hey, look how expensive gold is and look how inexpensive game passes in comparison and how much more you get you know just yeah. sign up with game pass just forget gold exists like i feel like they were being far too aggressive with that sort of thing and they got yeah. like tons of backlash to the point where yeah. it wasn't even 12 hours and they reversed course they it. so reversed, yeah they are no longer hiking any of the prices globally and they've done something they should have done years ago they've made they are working on making free-to-play games um, not require Xbox Live Gold to play online. So previously, yeah. you'd have to have a gold subscription to pay, play something like Fortnite online, which isn't the case on yeah. PlayStation or PC. No. Like, you can, play, uh, you can play those for free on PlayStation and PC. Same with games like Rocket League. Um, so the fact that Microsoft was still charging for it, I think uh, Jeff Grubb from VentureBeat made a good point. He's like, Every, you know, Fortnite on, on PlayStation is free. Fortnite on, on Xbox is $120 a year. It's like, doesn't make sense. Yeah, which is like... Oh, yeah. you've muted yourself on Discord. <laughs> oh, lol. <laughs> so I copy-pasted something. I always do this, damn it. <laughs> um, no, yeah, so I've just seen what they tweeted out. Um, it's today, January 23rd. Yeah. Yes, it must have been this morning. It was this morning, yeah. Today, so this is Xbox account. Today was not great. We always try to do our best for you, and today we missed the mark. We hear you, and we're reversing our Xbox Live Gold pricing updates. And they followed that up with exactly what you said. To bring Xbox Live more in line with how we see the player at the center of the experience, we will be removing gold requirements for free-to-play games. Mm. 
we're starting to work on that immediately and we'll have updates in the coming months. Yeah, I, I, I don't know why it took this long. Um, Sony's been doing yeah. this for years now already. And, you know, when there was when there was talk of Xbox getting rid of gold entirely, um, you know, it was like, okay, well, that makes sense. But now it doesn't seem like they're getting rid of gold at all. Um, but yeah. they really, they really drag their heels on this free to play nonsense. And like, yeah, it's good that they're listening to feedback, but let's not forget they tried this, you know, I think that That's, the big thing was like, it's yeah. a pandemic. Everyone's tightening, you know, their belts and now Microsoft is out here literally doubling the price of a year subscription of gold. It's, it's ridiculous. So look, yeah. I, I understand the, the, the business decision behind it. Cause of like a lot of people have pointed out they're trying to push people to just get xbox um game pass, well, game pass yeah. ultimate which like it makes sense right but it seems a bit weird to just literally like double the price they, like maybe increase they it. should just drop like, gold i, don't I just it's don't just, understand it they have they have like i mean i do understand it it's money they 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 yeah. have the stats and be like this is how many million players we have on gold that haven't transitioned to game pass we can't just gut that you know it's probably a big yeah. enough number that they can't just be like, okay, we'll make it free. But, you yeah. know, at the same time, if you really want people to just transition to Games Pass, you can't say, okay, well, there's no gold. You have to I'm subscribe to Game Pass. <laughs> you, what you can do is like, be like, okay, we're making gold stuff free, but we're making Game Pass a bit more expensive. You know, something yeah. like that. So, I don't know. It's That's tricky. But you weird. know what? At the end of the day, it actually works out better for gamers because now the, the price stays the mm. same and if you're a big Fortnite fan for example you can just stop paying your monthly fee I, now. I still think that the fact that xbox and playstation charge at all to play online is still ridiculous it's yeah it's yeah it's it's such a weird thing because i mean like pc gaming sorry to be that yeah, person you don't you pay don't. yeah i don't pay steam like a monthly fee to play counter-strike online for example and like like, and like the argument of like oh but it's server stuff and this and that. Have you seen how many people are playing Among Us? Have you seen how many people Dude. play Dota every day? <laughs> they don't charge shit for that. They don't charge anything. And you know, you know where they make the money. It's it's uh, microtransactions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I guess it's a. That's uh, it. Okay, but let, let's not pretend that multiplayer games on console don't have microtransactions as well. So it's like. No, but 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 the point I'm getting, it's like Fortnite, for example. It's like you can pay Xbox Live Gold, and you still have the option to buy. God, yeah. Stuff. Jesus, I think it's if like, I was playing Fortnite on Xbox, I'd be so mad up until this point to like. Yeah. To have to pay sixty dollars a year, just to play this free to play yeah. game, like. Yeah, I, I personally think. I mean, the first, the first, you know, between Microsoft and Sony, the first to pull the trigger and be like, "We're not charging for online at all," is going to be a big mindshare win. It's going to be yeah. a big deal. Yeah. And I really thought Microsoft was going to do it last year when there were the the rumors of like, "Oh, they're going to drop gold and it's just going to be Game Pass." I'm like, that makes sense, and that's how you As, win a lot yeah. of goodwill. And then it just never happened. It just never, it happened. never happened. So they like got people excited about that, or maybe it's not their fault, but. You know, there were there were substantiated rumors that that was the plan, and then they swing so yeah. hard to the other direction of like we're going to keep gold and double its price. It's just like, guys, the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Like, come on, man. <laughs> come yeah, on. I just I love Microsoft. Well, I I don't love brands, but I I want to see the Xbox be more competitive. You know, in the space with yeah. PlayStation because competition benefits us all, but they keep doing dumb shit. Like, yeah. You know, well, look, they they they've got they've been doing a lot of right moves, but it's just weird how 
I mean, just for for example, like we've got Xbox Game Pass and people are enjoying the Series X and the Series S because like the Series S, for example, is like a great entry point mm. to the next generation of gaming. And then all it takes is one story like this for everyone to be like, fuck Xbox. Yeah, they, they really do. <laughs> I can't believe they would do that to us. I like, mean, Nintendo, uh, this is yeah. like a, a weekly thing for Nintendo. Like, you know, I love Nintendo. I love their games, but I'm not going to pretend that a lot of their online services stuff is real backwards. Like... It's, if the yeah, online archaic. if the online situation with Animal Crossing was on any other platform, it would be destroyed. It's yeah. But Nintendo gets a big pass from its fans, and I feel to an extent Sony does as well. People are just so hypercritical of Microsoft. Um, yeah, which again pushes them to be better. So there's nothing wrong with us being critical of of console makers when it ends up in better experiences for us. But uh, yeah, so yeah, it's good that they listened. They should have never tried it in the first place. But it, I'm glad that they listened, and uh, I hope yeah. they just learned from that. And that's that. Ah, uh, what? We have. What else? What? Else? Oh yeah. So let's talk about Resident Evil, I guess. Um, Resident Evil. There was the big, Huzzah. yeah, the big uh, showcase, which I didn't watch the whole showcase because it was at like midnight here. I don't know if you watched any of it. No, no, I, I was busy streaming. Oh right, I yeah. just caught up with the trailer and stuff. Uh but yeah, there was quite a bunch. So there was a new story trailer, which um, kind of reintroduced the world again. So the game stars Ethan Winters, like we discussed earlier. It seems like his daughter with Mia has been kidnapped by Chris Redfield. <laughs> but of course and taken to this weird village <laughs> uh, with vampires and apparently going to be used in some ceremony don't know what that's all nice. about uh there's a bad uh woman called maiden maiden maria you hear the vampire lady talking to her on the phone yeah um or mother maria or something like that and then you've got I think it's lady yeah what's her name lady lady demiscued or it's it's a weird name uh, uh let's see if i can find the she's very tall yeah ev- <laughs> oh okay so so the bad person was mother miranda my mistake that's it mother miranda who the tall vampire lady was talking to on the phone um but everyone really loves this tall vampire lady she is quite lovely she uh she is and when yeah. we say tall like there is a scene in that trailer she's where she's literally ducking to get under like a doorway. So she is big. She's massive. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think it's just a, a case of like a sense of perspective. Like Ethan's looking at her from like above. So she looks, you know, really big or small vice versa or whatever. Like she seems much bigger than the other, other vampire ladies who seem to be her daughters and definitely much bigger than Ethan Winters. So that's cool she's massive yeah uh the story trailer was cool the gameplay showcase was pretty cool it i guess coming off of resident evil 7 it didn't nothing really stood out to me as new um except for the fact that you can now punch as ethan when you stagger an enemy which is was not the case in 7 so that's cool yeah um I like I like that they've we've got the creepy old mansion vibe. It's always yes, a good time. Yeah, I think the mansion looks awesome. It really reminds me of um Resident Evil One. Um and it looks like it's gonna be very like loads of puzzles Spooky. and weird things. <laughs> and I just like that they're leaning into the weirdness. Like your your enemies are yeah. like vampires who can, you know, transform into like a a like a bunch of like insects and fly around and yeah. You know, at at one point, Ethan's fighting these, like, looking what look like decrepit old witches in, like, a basement. So, yeah. this definitely doesn't seem like a zombie vibe. It 
definitely i mean no. seven had no zombies it just said weird mold creatures that's so, swamp people. yeah <laughs> um so that's uh, you know we've got a good look at um the new shopkeeper so shopkeeper's back there's an inventory system that looks almost identical to resident evil 4 where you're basically playing tetris in your infantry i feel like to fit everything <laughs> in well have, have you played resident evil 4 no i have yeah yes have you yeah so it's, it's exactly that and it's such a dumb thing, but it's something so satisfying so about good. sorting out your inventory, like stacking yeah, it. Yeah, seven, neatly, seven little... did it all automatically for you, but like yeah. four, you're like, okay, how do I get, how, how do I get, get this shotgun into, into my backpack? My backpack? <laughs> yeah, so that's that looks pretty that's cool. Um, I think the game looks fantastic. I'm just super keen. Yeah, for I'm it. super excited for it. Yeah. So, oh, the character I thought was going to be the shopkeeper seems to be a bad guy. It's not a shopkeeper. The guy with the hats what? and the glasses. He appears at the end oh. and oh yeah. yeah no that's not the shopkeeper because from the first trailer i was like oh he looks like the new shopkeeper and it's like a definitely yeah. not um not wrong if if oh you're on gosh. ps5 you can download a demo of the game right now called the maiden it's like a I, um, no combat 30 minute slice of the game that just kind of gives you an idea of the visuals you can also see the tall yeah. vampire lady in there um nice and capcom said that um multi-platform demos so a whole new demo probably is coming out later this year before the launch which is 7th of may very soon may. it's uh, not far not far at all and if if it's, it's like seven uh the demos will actually tie into the story because seven got two demos yeah, like the color gives you some like i don't know backstory yeah. or some context or yeah so that's cool i'm i'm super stoked what i'm not as stoked about is the multiplayer thing that they showed off Thing, the thing's uh, bad. I, I love how it's like how many times can Capcom give multiplayer, like create multiplayer games and give them bad names? Oh, yo, what, what is it Resident called? Resident Evil Re Colon Verse Reverse. Re ha, reverse. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> it's like ah, oh, but no. it's also just like they're just like, hey, we took Resident Evil characters and now it's like a third-person team deathmatch shooter. Like it's why? Like a team deathmatch. Yeah. Who like no. Have you seen the tweet? There was I wrote about it yesterday on GameSpot, but there's a there's a tweet going around being like something feels off about the characters in um yeah. in reverse. And it seems like fans have been looking at it and picking it apart. And what they think is happening is Capcom has taken the the maps, the environments from like Resident Evil Remake 2 and 3, uh, which yeah. were designed to feel cramped and almost like claustrophobic in a way. Um, yeah, yeah. And what they've done to make it fit with a more fast-paced action shooter is just shrink the characters. So if you go watch the trailer, oh. the characters look so disproportionately oh, small, so small to everything around. Like doorways look so big and tables that look so hilarious. big. But it gives them more space to run around in without having to redesign the map. So that's so it's funny. ridiculous. It's what? so ridiculous. So, so did you watch the gameplay reveal, right? The the trailer yeah. for this. Yeah. I, I felt it at such a poor job of getting him excited because you know. So you, if you recall, it shows you. Um, it's uh, Leon and Claire, yes. like they, they meet up in a hallway, and then it goes to gameplay, and you see people shooting. There's no crosshair. They're missing every <laughs> bullet. I'm like. Okay. Also, why is Leon fighting Claire? Like, what's going why? on? Like, you know what the weird thing is? Is like Re uh, Resident Evil Remake Three came out with that like asymmetrical multiplayer mode that was sort of like Left for yeah. Dead, and people yeah. seem to really enjoy that. Like, yeah, 
Why are you just going to a traditional shooter just, that makes no sense? That makes no sense. Yeah, why not just, I don't know, keep supporting yeah, that game? I, just, or I don't know, maybe... You don't need to release a new multiplayer know. game every single time you release every time, Resident yeah. Evil. It's just... Yeah, I, I, yeah, fuck, I, yeah, that was like the low point of it for me. Um, one thing that was missing from the showcase was a Resident Evil 4 remake, which a lot of people thought would show up there. Show up in some form. I don't think we'll see that until like after Resident Evil 8. Well, it seems like, I don't know if you saw the news yesterday, but uh, VGC, uh, Video Games Chronicle, who is sister site for Eurogamer, they put out a report saying that the game is actually being overhauled. So... Apparently, remake Hmm. for Resident Evil 4 has been in development since 2018, and it was headed up by a studio called M2, who contributed to Remake 3 most recently. Um, And because of the reception to Remake 3, uh, especially with people saying that it cuts a lot of content that was in the original... Uh, it seems m2 were like okay when we remake 4 we want to keep it as close to a one-to-one remake as possible and it turns out that in a late like project review last year capcom didn't like the direction and they've handed the project over to capcom division one who are the developers of resident evil Mm. remake 2 and if you know that that has some big departures from the original but all of them were good like they yeah. made Mr. X a far bigger part of the game than he was in the original. So they made, yeah, you know, they kept the spirit of the game, but they made tweaks to it that they thought was smart. And that's reportedly a, what yeah, they want to do with 4. They want to keep the overall structure, but make, you know, improvements here and there. So yeah. because of that change of development, apparently the game's only coming out in 2023 now, as opposed to its 2022 original release date. That's fine. I mean, uh, yeah, I I'm, I'm fine with that if it means that... Because I think a one-to-one remake of 4 would be boring, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I think just playing 4 with better graphics is not... You might as well just, you know, like release a mod for it at that point. Um, yeah, for sure. I think something like 2, you know, 2 definitely is a remake from the ground up. Uh, but also, you know, it changed the structure. Um yeah. It it kept the overall feel but changed how that game worked from a basic level. So yeah, I'm keen for that to do with four. Because especially with like four was already over the shoulder. So just making it over the shoulder doesn't really change that much. You know? Whereas no. with two and three, that alone was a big change. That was a big deal, yeah. yeah. So you can't you can't just be like, Yeah, we made it prettier and it's still over the Resident shoulder. Resident Evil Four is gonna be a fixed fixed camera game. Oh, could you imagine? <laughs> Listen, I'd I'd be down for it. I'd try. <laughs> I'll flip it on its head. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Like, as excited as I am for Resident Evil 4, it's like, I hear you. It's like, what can they actually mm. change? Because that game is so good as it is. It is. It's it's like, a really good game. I, I don't know. You, you could probably, I don't know, maybe streamline some of the story beats, you know, do some gameplay things. But exactly what you said with the camera, it's like, you can't really change no. it. I mean, unless... Do they make it a first-person shooter, for example? Like, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what they decide to do with it. Yeah, I I, I like I like Capcom's approach where they're like, our mainline Resident Evils are going to be first-person for now, and then our remakes are going to be the more traditional remakes, style, yeah. Um, yeah. which I think is cool. I just think, you know, Remake 2 and 3 stood out so much because they were you know, complete overhauls was, of the games. Yeah, so, it's complete, complete overhaul. Yeah, I think you have to do that with 4 as much as you can to make it feel because there's already people going why do you want to remake four it's you know 
as it's good as perfect. it is now. You can play it today and it won't feel old. So, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I don't know. Is there any other game? No, nah, that's, that's hmm? mostly it. Uh, there's a lot of cool games mostly coming to Xbox it. Game Pass uh, in January, including nice. uh, the. Well, firstly, the medium will be on Game Pass. Uh, I can't believe that game's out this the week. The Yakuza Remastered Collection for console and PC also coming to Game Pass. That includes Yakuza 3, 4, and 5 Remastered, which joins already, I think, they have Yakuza 0 and Yakuza 1 and 2 Kiwami, which are remakes of 1 and 2. So you've essentially got Yakuza 0 to 5 on Xbox now. You're just missing 6. And like, and like a Dragon, the 7th one is already on Xbox, so... Yeah, that's pretty dope. And also the, sorry, the on on that the Xbox Live Gold games um, were revealed as well, and they pretty pretty solid offering for Feb. <gasps> I think it was um, Gears Five. Yeah, Gears Gears uh, Five. Um, Resident Evil Remake, the first yep, one, which, which is good. So weird because Remake Two, for example, came out like two years ago, yes. right, or so three years ago, whatever it was. This the remake of the first game came out in like 2003 2004 super super good remake also completely rebuilt from the ground up same same setting but they like changed it up so much would recommend if you have hundred percent yeah um i'm just reading now that cyber shadow the yacht games published snes thing mm-hmm. it's also coming to game pass on oh, january interesting. january 26th on pc console and streaming on android so yeah that's cool um already already on game pass uh it's been added already as of this recording uh control has been added to game pass on pc it's very cool would recommend um and then desperados 3 and donut county donut county seems like a cool time so i'm keen to give that a go um outer wilds is also launched on game pass for <gasps> android i need to play it's, that yeah it's on it's on xbox and pc already um i would if you play it on pc just play with the controller don't even attempt that game with the mouse and keyboard it's just the mouse. No, yeah, okay. no. but it's cool, cool, cool. what a game holy shit what a game okay. uh yeah i think that's news i'm gonna call it on news. news there calling it calling it so no. Now's Matthew's favorite time of every podcast, getting to read questions. Questions? If you want to send us a question that Matthew maybe will read, you know, he's a he's a custodian of these questions. He doesn't let anything through. Mm-hmm. He he has to filter out the riffraff. There's no riffraff here. Riffraff. Uh, you can send us questions <laughs> to Alisa. Uh, whoa, that is my email address. Hello. Checkpointchatpodcast wow. at gmail.com. That's checkpointchatpodcast at gmail.com. Holy uh, moly, you just nearly, nearly just yourself. doxed myself. Wow. <laughs> Uh, luckily, that was Amazing. only like half the email address. So that's, you know, <laughs> because there's no way I would have got alessandro at gmail.com. Not, not a fucking chance. I'm the first person to try no to register that account. So please email that account all you want. They're not coming to me. Um, <laughs> Some Alessandro <laughs> Barbosa at gmail.com is like, wow, the shit am I getting with these games? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Checkpoint chat podcast at gmail.com. Good Lord. Uh, you can also. Find us on social media at Checkpoint Chat on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok. You can send us questions at any of those platforms. Um, DMs are open and you can send us questions whenever. Doesn't even have to be gaming related. 
Tell us what you had for breakfast. Doesn't I'm keen. even have to be. I'm just Jamie eating Winston. smoothies for breakfast now. This Nutribullet that I bought. Best thing ever. So good. <gasps> good Nutribullet for life, Yo, man. So good. Okay, we have... I don't recall. I should just blend all my meals. I should just like blend in it. Put a lasagna blend in the Nutribullet everything. and just blend it and eat it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Don't what, do that. It ends up in the That's same place. Sin. I mean, it does, but It'll still. It'll still taste fine. I'll just drink it. It's, it or drink delicious. my pasta. Oh my goodness. So we don't have any, yeah, no questions in email. We have a couple of questions on Twitter from Meg. So question one. I asks, think we also got some DMs on Twitter. I, I saw one uh, yesterday. Yeah. Oh, we did. So we did. So let me, let me start with the DM from Deadpool. He says, or he asks, how is the PS5 doing performance wise? Um, I think that's fine. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I don't really have um, any complaints uh, at all. Uh, you know, with, uh, with the, the PS5 performance, I think it's, I mean, if you look at games like, Demon Souls um, and Miles Morales, like the fact that we're getting high quality visuals running at 60 frames per second is finally, thank God, becoming like a de facto thing. Um, and I see so many games now releasing with like locked 60 FPS modes, especially on PlayStation 5, and I'm just happy about oh, it. Just like, so nice. Yeah. Just, you know, the fact that Demon's Souls can look the way it does and run that smoothly is awesome. The fact that I can choose to have and a ray tracing mode in Spider-Man and it running at 60 is awesome. Um, and the fact that they both look that yeah. good and your PlayStation doesn't sound like it's going to... On top of it, yeah, it, it, it really is, doesn't make any like noise. Um, you know what yeah. does make noise on the PS5, though, is the fucking disk drive. Um, Jesus Christ, shit. that thing is loud. What What are you playing on? Disc? Well, I had I, I I had to put in the disc for No Man's Sky to download the PS5 version. Uh, but even if I'm not playing okay. the game, every two or three hours it will just spin up the disc drive just to be like, "Hey, what's there?" And wow, I can hear that <laughs> thing. It is that thing is loud. I, I, yeah, I played the uh, PS4 Spider Man because mm. we've got the discs. Actually, yours. I'm just give it back to you now that I'm done mm. with it. Um, but you should have the PS5 version in- now, though. You should Sorry. have the PS5 version from. I don't yeah, know because we I... got we 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 got the Miles Morales Gold thing, so we got the PS5 version of. Are you telling me I spent two hours playing the PS4 version of Spider-Man on my PS5? And what you could have done is loaded up the PS4 version, transferred your save to the cloud because you have to do it from the PS4 version, and then just loaded up the PS5. It's fine. It's done. With all those, you would have had <laughs> beautiful ray it. tracing and 60 FPS. I mean, but yeah, when when I put that disc in, yes, it was. I was like, well, that's one thing they didn't Ring. fix because that is super loud. Like, it's almost the thing of they 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 fixed the the noise from the fans and then all the R and D that goes into the disc drive. Yeah, like, nah. like shit, we forgot about this. Yeah, I am glad though because loud. there have been reports of um. PS5 fan getting loud, not because of the fan itself, but there's a sticker that's near the fan that in some some cases has like, I don't know, become dislodged or moved and it hits the blade of the fan. So a lot of people what? like hear the, this fan going tick, 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 and they have to open it up and move the sticker, which then voids the warranty, which is real fucked up. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, that's weird. Um, but I luckily don't have that. I... I mean, when I'm playing the PS5, I don't hear it. So, and that's all I could really fucking yeah. ask for because 
Wow, the PS4 Pro was loud. Holy crap. They were all loud. It was one of the worst sounding so consoles loud. I've ever owned. It, truly terrible. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm happy with the PS5 performance. I just hope to God that they brush up on that UI still because I still find it really bad. I'm, I'm still not completely used to it. Yeah, it's... it's I, I, I like the UI, but it's something... I don't know if it's a muscle memory thing, but... I don't know. I'm so used to on the PS4 just pushing the PS button and like flips me up to the, the yes. main menu, right? Whereas here it's like you have to hold the no, button. No, so you see, you've got it wrong. Awesome. It's the other way around. It's the other way around. Oh, do you have, you to, have to push? Yeah, on PS4 it was hold. Here you'd push and then that game bar thing comes up at the bottom. Oh my yeah. gosh. This is just... Uh, but but this is exactly the point. <laughs> it's like, why did they change that? Like, I don't now know. I have to... Press. Do you know how many times I'm going to turn off the console and I just like I have to like remind myself how it works? Like Yeah, like how do how do you buttons I just don't work? get it. I just I don't yeah. Anyway. Change for change's sake okay. is stupid. But anyway. <laughs> okay, let's dive into questions from Meg. So question I, one. D- sorry, before says, we do there was a question from mm-hmm. Oh, never mind. That that question from Deathbox was from November last year. Continue. Oh, uh, did I, I think I that? think we I did. I just saw it in the DMs, and I was like, I can't remember if we did this, but it's like three months ago. So, goddamn. Okay. Uh, okay. So, first question from Meg's: If if wait, is Celeste Matthews Moby Dick that he needs to have a completionist score on all platforms? Yes. No. <laughs> uh, I mean, I played it on on Switch. I loved it so much, and the only reason I wanted to play it on PlayStation was like. Even though it's a complete vanity thing, it's like, well, I, I can get the platinum, so mm. why not? It's a good you, excuse. You've been to talking about game. getting that platinum for ages, yeah. so like a, a platinum for me is more. It's a thing of like, I only platinum games that I absolutely adore. Like I don't just, I'm, I'm not the the gamer that will platinum for the sake of like I want to get thirty platinums or fifty platinums. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. to me, it's almost like a a nod to the developer. Like I loved your game enough. That I went ahead and I platinumed it. Like I put the effort in to do everything it had mm-hmm. to offer. And Celeste to me is one of those games where like I probably will replay it again. Um, I, I can't say I'm going to buy it anywhere else because I got a free copy on PC with Epic a while ago. I've got it on Switch. I've got it on PlayStation. Like unless I get an Xbox, fuck. <laughs> um, but no, I'm not going to 100% it on anything else. It's just, yeah, I wanted to grab that platform. Yeah. No, I, yeah, um, I, I, I get that. It's like, there's really no reason I think you, you wanted that platinum, like you had it from the start because like I think you you knew um that you know the switch doesn't have uh you know achievements no or anything achievements. like that. And a platinum <laughs> just feels nice. I think it's it feels it it's something so satisfying about you get the large trophy and then just that yeah. bling, you get the, the platinum. It's like huh. I so yeah. So I, I get it from that perspective. Um Yeah. So yeah, but keeping keeping on the Celeste train, does Alessandro have a game he's obsessed about, much like Matthew is about Celeste? Um, journey. What is your journey? <laughs> I, I was going to say journey. I think I your... bought. I think I've bought a journey. Let me think. I've bought Journey on PS4. No, PS3. Then PS3, I bought the yeah. the re-release on PS4. Um, then I bought it on Epic when it came to PC and then I bought it on phone as well. Um, <laughs> Good I Lord. think, I think the, the other one, the other one that I've bought 
um, that many times as um, drop down. Uh, downwell, sorry. Oh, Downwell, yeah. Which yeah. I haven't That's finished it on any platform, but I have it oh on phone, Switch, PC, and console, I think. That game is just super it's challenging. It's so though. good, though. So, <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. I really fucking good like Lord. it. Um, but yeah, so. Journey it is. Next question. Have you guys gone to visit Princesa recently? Did you stop? No, I don't even know if Princess is still open, to be entirely honest. Uh, it, it is, is it? open. Okay, that's good. Um, we've, we've been, I can like count on my hand the number of times we've been, probably like two or three times in the past mm-hmm. year. Um, and yeah, they, they're still open. They're following protocols and everything. And every time we've gone, we've topped up on, we've grabbed like Breezer, for example. We've bought rolls. We bought some delicious pastage, mm. that sort of thing. I've had a Prager roll from there. It'd be fun. It's a good time. But yeah, they, they're still there. I haven't, I haven't gone for a long time though that's cool that they're still there though i'm happy about that you you have a group a group of shops there's like a bakery or there's like a whole group of shops close to your area that's open before you turn into it that's opened like it's like oh yeah that that little thing just by the by by my closure booms yeah that's new yes have have you been i haven't because it's been super busy since it's been open um yeah but apparently it's good yeah i mean yeah because they've got like a a bakery and they've got like a little green grocers a whole lot of little shops there Uh, i have been or my dad's been to the um uh, the one shop that sells lots of indian spices and very good like Mm. really good um yeah so we we fortunate we've also got a place close to us and lenska likes popping in there to just top mm -hmm. up and like all of the man having so many spices just so good our cupboard is full of spices. The one place I, I have <laughs> been to recently is um, we've got a Bainbaum, which is not too far from us now. Oh, the open one in Boxburg? Uh, the open one in Rhinefield, yeah. Um, there's one there. Do you know, before you carry on, that on the 20th of yes. each month at Bainbaum, you get a Prager off for 20 yeah. Rand? Mm. And I think you get like four pistage for 20 pi- Rand or something like that. No, two two pistage and a coffee yeah. for 20 Rand. So you go there, have spent some 40 Rand, have, have a, a, good meal. a good meal. We are... Uh, we get prestige yeah. from there quite often. And let me tell mm, you, it's good. They are better than princesses. Ah, I won't even contest Bain-bombs, that. Prestige are better good. than princesses. Princesses, prestige are they're like. They're good. They're just not as good. They, they, they're too crispy. Yeah, I agree. I think. There's something about them. They're, they're like just too crispy. And then Bainball's ones are like, there's that mm. crunch, but it's not too crunchy. I. I have a fucking laugh every time I'm in Woolworths and see their pistachios. I'm like, these are such sad excuses for (laughs) pistachios. I spit on you. My goodness. They're terrible. They look awful. Even pick and pay nice pistachios and they look awful. Terrible. Just give up. (laughs) Just don't do it, man. Don't do it or Um, get them from proper Portuguese places. And put out your shitty custard tarts. Uh, God. (laughs) Okay, here's a question for you. Alessandro, does the journey figurine arrive Mm -hmm. yet? If and if the Hades God sets of figurines was released, would you buy them all? Now the journey, the journey thing's only coming in June. Um, it's only released in June, so it's really? still a while away. Oh, uh, yeah. But if Hades had like You're, a whole little, I'd, I'd be there, like like little did, busts did of every god or something that. like that. Ooh. Yeah. <gasps> Ooh. Oh my god. I would I would take there, there's a there's a, a good poster like a key art of Zagreus with the bone hydra in the background. Like a statue yeah. of that, I would buy in a heartbeat. <sighs> nice. Absolute. 
or or a big I statue think, of Hades himself. Do, oh my goodness! You could do some really cool little chibis of each character. You could, I yeah. Think. If you had like a little little collect, almost like amiibos, like that size. Yeah, I suppose like your your Dota. Um, what are they called? The uh, yeah, the the little figurines, the little Dota figurines. Yeah, yeah if you did like interpretations of Hades characters. And like you know that, what they did? Really cool. Supergiant did release a little chibi version of I think her name's oh, Red from Transistor. That's... So they have done that before. Yes. Um, oh my goodness, take my there, money. There's a I mean, Supergiant has a merch store, um, and they've got some Hades shirts which are fucking awesome. I wish the shipping wasn't so bad <sighs> to get them here because I'd buy that in a heartbeat. <sighs> It's been a long time since I've done a Hades. Yeah, run. me too. I feel like I should uh, go back to that. Should should get back to that Hades time. Hades life. The thing is, that game when you when you play it enough, you can do a run in like mm. half an hour, like um, and that's so in game time will be like seventeen minutes, eighteen minutes. But just the the transitions and stuff, it's still about half an hour. But I mean, it's so quick. It's so good though. It's a good it's, time. Oh, what a game! What a game! <sighs> Some would say the best game of twenty twenty. Wow. <laughs> Some. <laughs> Some would say almost the best wow, game of 2020. Out of no one was get talking out of to here. me. One day, one day you'll find the urge to play 7 Remake. You'll play 7 Remake when the second Which part comes Which will I play out. first, 7 Remake or Fire Emblem? 7 mm, Remake. At you least I've to. started 7 you Remake, so. I need to yeah. fight the big house. I was like, oh. <laughs> that game. So good. My goodness. And then last question, which is better, ice cream or yogurt and why? Oh, okay, wait. There, there has to be I a caveat here. Is it frozen mm. yogurt? I was just going to say, I raise you I raise you ice cream and yogurt and, and put forward because frozen Because ice cream yogurt, and yogurt to me ground. are two very different things. But frozen yogurt and ice cream yeah. start overlapping on that Venn diagram. Yeah. Hmm. Or I raise you even further. How about some lemon sorbet? Oh, shit, sorbets. Hmm. Mm. It's okay. I don't know if, if I had to pick it, so it's funny because I I think I have much more of a softer spot for ice cream like I have yogurt every day same I have good, yogurt good, every day good, as well to me these. but ice cream is such a guilty pleasure like I, I can have pulls Ooh, all the time yeah. we have we have um, so you know like we so I suppose like how my mom and I had a princesa little Portuguese place that we always used to go yeah. to uh, Lenska's family had a place called Trieste, which is like an Italian, I suppose like a deli as well. That it, it's not there anymore, but the the point is that when it was there, it had made like um, proper Italian sandwiches and it had like homemade ice cream. So we're still in contact with the owner who still has an ice cream factory. Oh my goodness! And we get cones delivered <gasps> every now and then. Oh, I need to get good. in on this this Italian yeah, real sugar good. cone racket. <laughs> so good damn that sounds good I, I choose ice cream yeah ice cream hmm. so I like frozen yogurt from time to time uh, but geez between ice cream and sorbet it really depends like sometimes like a good lemon or a mango sorbet on a hot day it just lemon it hits that spot man it's bay. tart mm. it's refreshing it's but if I had to like nail down I'd choose ice cream only only because Moro in Cape Town exists and they have pistachio ice cream, which I think is one of the best things I've ever put in my mouth. <sighs> that's my, if, if that's the same place, I'm sure that's you're talking about a place my sister recommended as well. And I've had that pistachio ice cream. Real I mean, good. Cape Town's got the creamery. I used to think the creamery was the best thing since like sliced bread. And then 
Moro came around. And now when we went back in uh, December, they've just expanded. They've got like one in Ooh. C point, one in green point, one in the CBD. Um, Jeez, uh. And like their, yeah, their pistachio ice cream is like the creamiest. They also, they do lots mm. of sorbets. And Shani, um, mm-hmm. Shani is a big chocolate fanatic. Like she is so critical of chocolate. Um, and she loves their chocolate sorbet. So this is a completely vegan oh, vegan yum. ice cream, but it's so creamy. Like, I swear to God, if I serve this to you, you would not tell that there's no dairy in there because it's it's, it's crazy good. good. It's so, so good. So nice. yeah. They have a tiramisu ice cream as well. Very nice. Oh, stop. I will do free advertising <laughs> for Moro any day. I think they're the best. And they're always so friendly. Sponsor us. They've got such that like the staff are always great. They're friendly. I, yeah, I love it. I love that place so much. I wish I, I'd moved down to Cape Town just to live near one and then get really fat. Goddamn. <laughs> but wait, sure, but when you come to yogurt, which yogurt is your favorite? Yogurt? Um, well, the the greengrocer by us has a... I don't know what the brand is, but it's like a... Hmm? Savannah. Savannah. Is that the brand? This is hands down... Is that the brand? A, the okay. brand, yeah. It's... It's a sugar-free, no, like, like just proper pure yogurt that comes in like lemon Ooh. and what's the flavor? It's like lemon and honey Ooh, flavor. Ooh, that sounds There's good. like a vanilla malt flavor. There's a black cherry flavor. And it's just really, really good. Like hands down the best yogurt I've ever had. And it's available like right by us. Which that is sounds really awesome. Damn. So you, yeah. you, you, you put you flavored would. yogurts in your, your smoothies? Yeah, yeah. Nice. I I normally just get the uh, plain full cream from uh, from Woolworths. No, it's real good. I I like the plain yogurt, and I like you know I don't do low fat yogurt because then they just pump it with sugar and it doesn't taste that great. Yeah. Uh but <laughs> full cream yogurt, fucking good and pretty healthy. Um, if you smash mm-hmm. it in a smoothie, pretty pretty good. I am a fan of their. They have a plain yogurt with like chocolate shavings very good as well but that's a guilty pleasure nice. um i love yogurt good i really Lord. strawberry yogurt with pieces of fruit in it really nice apricot yogurt very nice oh. I, yeah i like strawberry yogurt. i'm a big yogurt fan big big yogurt fan yogurt yeah oh, like man. cherry yogurt mm, had it once not a huge i don't like cherries in general <laughs> like i don't okay okay wait what? wait <laughs> candy cherries those like Things that aren't even cherries at that point anymore, they're fun. They're fun on a cake. They're no, okay. They're no. Okay. Actual cherries? No. Not a fan. Don't don't even, this is where we end the episode. You can't tell me you choose those artificial cherries after yes, over I actual would, cherries. You hear what Alison does? <laughs> Linska shakes her head at you. Have you ever had cherry? <laughs> doesn't matter. You don't, you don't have to hear the context. She just have shakes you, her head. She's have like, you, I didn't hear. Have like, you ever had matter. cherry coke? Doesn't matter. Awful. Yeah, look, it's what? awful. It's so bad. Okay, whatever. Next, you're gonna tell me that Dr. Pepper no, is bad as good. well. I like Dr. Pepper, but Dr. Pepper and Cherry Coke are like no. so similar. Cherry Coke is terrible. If you go, if you're gonna have a flavor of Coke, See? you do vanilla Coke. I I cannot believe okay vanilla Coke so nice, but I cannot believe after 130 episodes we're gonna go our separate ways yeah, now because Cherry Coke after is garbage. It's so bad. <laughs> I really hate it. <laughs> Can't believe this. Just, just stop talking to me. <laughs> stop digging your hole. 
Have you, I mean, I don't know if we've Good ever Lord. spoken about it, but the one thing I like about the States is how many different flavors of Coke they have. It's unbelievable. Oh my gosh. I, yeah, it, it's like a guilty pleasure. Like, I, I'll never forget going. Was it, was it with you? We were into Fatburger. You and Garth and Dave. Oh my God. You go to like, so every place in America or every fast food place is like bottomless mm. soda. But you go to a machine, it's like, I want some Coke. You push the Coke button. It's like, which one do you want? Like, normal coke or diet coke or whatever it's like i want normal coke it's like okay well what kind of normal coke do you want there's original there's cherry there's lime there's vanilla, orange and it's just like yeah there's, there's like 10 different cokes like oh well that's a bit overwhelming i actually just want fanta it's like well what fanta do you want oh, so orange? many fanta's as well lime do you want orange <laughs> okay that's that that's machine was wild because it was only one output and the touch screen was like a touch screen and it would like it mix it for you it yeah, I don't know what but sauce. But so many had, different like, cokes. I'd, I'd thumb suck like 50 flavors. It was unbelievable. It was, I don't know. It really yeah. blew my mind. Although I would love <sighs> that flavor of Coke that they have there, which is like, you know, like, yeah, when you go to a restaurant, they put a slice of lemon into your Coke and it tastes real good. Mm. Like that flavor alone, real nice. Really mm. nice. Vanilla nice. Coke though. My God. Uh, I, I remember we had bottomless lemonade at the Oof. one place and it was just... Yeah. And... It was the and, business. Uh, it was so sweet. And box so much sugar, root beer. But... Bottomless box root beer. Oh. Hell yeah. Diabetes. How do Americans not have more health yeah. problems? Like, I know there are health problems, but <laughs> it's you like, go... if you consider the scale of how freely available it's sugar mad. stuff is there, it's, it's like... Uh, I, I well. still, to this day, cannot get over... I mean, one of, my, one of the, the cool things about... Uh, I don't think it's exclusive to the States, but like they have to show calorie content on the menus, which I think is great. Yeah. Like it really puts yeah. into perspective what you're ordering. And I'll never forget, yeah. we went to IHOP once and Greg wanted a milkshake and the, every milkshake on the menu was a thousand calories. And I was just like, this is absurd. You're like, <laughs> this is so ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> a thousand calories and it's Jeez, a drink. Crazy. What is going on here? Yeah. Yeah. Wild. It was mad. It was very interesting. Very, very funny. Yeah. That's that's us, yes, I guess. That is uh well, thank you if for the so questions first uh, and foremost. If you want yeah. to send us questions, as always, checkpoint chat on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Send us questions anytime, any time of the week. Um and you can also email us checkpointchatpodcast at gmail.com, as always. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that is episode one hundred and thirty of Checkpoint Chat. Racing towards that 150. We'll get there this year. Eventually. Can you believe it? 130 episodes of this bullshit. This malarkey. Hot damn. (laughs) Oh, thank you for sticking with us for 130 episodes. I mean, we would have thought everyone would have dropped off at 129. So this is a surprise. I mean, (laughs) that's a very specific number to drop. I mean, that's why we were expecting it. You know, all the data was showing. The rumors are 133, but we'll see. Yeah, they say from 130, it's only... It's only going to get better. It's only downhill. This, they say after 130 episodes, you're finally comfortable with your co-host. So, you know. <laughs> it's shit. I mean, I think we made it. But uh, just when we were finally there, you go and you tell me that you don't like it's a good run. cherries. So, it's a good run. Yeah. I'll give you another 130 episodes. We can, we can check oh, that. That's a dangerous well. relationship. Never get into a relationship where you have to change the person, Matthew. <laughs> I think this is an exception. Okay, okay. We'll, we'll see. We'll see if you can change me. We'll see if I can change you. The shiny no of your hate yes. for cherries. This is relationship ending material. <laughs> uh, it's My been goodness. episode 130. How dare you have 
How dare you have your own opinion on, on cherries. things you do and don't yeah, Exactly. Turning into Darren with my yeah. food opinions. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Darren. His food opinions gives me such <laughs> They've joy. They've hurt me so much. Just, just when you think that there can be no more controversy, there's always some or other thing that's like one up. Still will just one. never How? get over the <laughs> fact that he thought cheesecake was like, like gouda no, cheese like on a cake. Like, what the fuck? Darren, I just can't. Listen, Darren is the only person who's honest. He is least, honest. You can't tell yeah. me that you're. Whole, you can't tell me that in your life you always knew cheesecake was like an actual yeah. cake. You can't tell me that as a kid you didn't hear cheesecake and think, "Huh, that's weird." A cake made of cheese. Because I did. <laughs> I just didn't have have it in me to well, say. Well, technically, it, out loud. it is like <laughs> it's, but it's cream. Like it's very sweetened cream. Che- I can't get into this right now. I just I can't. <laughs> I can't. This episode okay. 130 of, you. of Checkpoint Chat. Um, join <laughs> us for the next time when we discuss a- what, what's actually in Black Forest Cake. Guess what? It has cherries, so it can get in the fucking burn. Wow. You mean stuff it's not made of an entire forest? Yeah. I, yeah. I'd, I'd rather eat an entire forest than cherries. Can't <laughs> even deal with your insults. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye.